Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. So before we get into our topic today, I want to summarize something that Julie and I talked about last Friday on our podcast. Um, There is so much, I think, fear out there right now from the commission sharing lawsuit that it's getting to the point where, frankly, the fear is making creating more fear. And no one's actually taking the time other than Julie and I on the podcast last Friday to cut through it and sort of just focus on the facts. And so if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the commission sharing lawsuit and the headlines with regards to this are just going to get more and more dramatic because guess what? Agents are clicking on things that are dramatic and people are looking for you know the latest information on the commission sharing lawsuits and now supposedly this newest uh, lawsuit's going to be a trillion dollars and all this stuff. And trust me, guys, it's just going to get worse as far as the salacious headlines. So what do you do with all this information? I'm going to tell you guys, and Julie and I are going to go through this relatively quick, and then we're going to get to point number 11 from yesterday. Number one, the process is super slow. In other words, this was essentially a loss for primarily the National Association of Realtors and the largest brokers uh, in the country. But now what happens is there's going to be an appeal process. The appeal process will last from what I've read. I'm not an attorney. Oh, and by the way, if you're listening to us for legal advice, that's, you know, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Or, or medical advice for that matter. True. Yeah. Because we might sprinkle in some of that. It could happen. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's going to last two or three years. So the process of appealing the whole thing could last two or three years. In that time, there's going to be more headlines. In that time, there's going to be more fear. In that time, there's going to be more conversations about National Association of Realtors and your local MLSs and all the rest and all the things are going to be happening. So what do you do with all this information? You've got to understand that nothing has nothing has really changed in your world. Nothing has changed on how you work with buyers and sellers. Nothing has changed on how you're compensated. Nothing has changed. All these things that people are talking about, they're just guessing. It's pure theory at this point. Complete speculation. And people love to speculate, like going worst case scenario. Well, of course. Well, it's more dramatic. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And so the worst case scenario and the best case scenario we talked about last Friday on the on the podcast, we gave you guys uh, three uh, most I think the most likely to least likely outcomes. But I'll give you even the worst case scenario. The, how it actually affects you. So let's say it's three years from now. Let's say all the doomsayers are right. Worst case scenarios uh, actually played out. Guess what? You are still in the real estate business helping buyers and sellers because there are still millions of people every year that want to uh, do a real estate transaction and want to use a caring, competent, skilled real estate professional. That is not going to change. In addition to that, the sheer number of people that are going to be in the real estate market from the millennials and family who are in the family formation age range, the baby boomers that are downsizing to all the generations that follow. There are millions, tens of millions of people in just the United States, not to mention Canada and the rest of the world, that where people are going to be buying and selling real estate. Nothing has changed with the desire and demand to own a home. So Get your head away from the headlines. Realize that those headlines, when you guys, when anyone seeks out negative information, when you are become a magnet for negative, you know, people and headlines and topics and blog posts and podcasts, what that does is you're sucking the potential out of your future. 
Because if you don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, that means the actions you take today are not what they would have been had you believed that tomorrow was going to be better than today. So for example, if you know for sure that next year is going to be your best year ever, and you are so excited about, what are you doing today? You're getting better at your scripts. You're getting organized. You're listening to this podcast. You join Premier Coaching. You know, you've gone through the, the process of really perfecting your, your, you realize it's a new market. So now you're going to need a lot more skill. You're learning your listing presentation, pre-listing pack, buyer presentation. You are actually getting your butt uh, organized so that next year can indeed be your best year ever. Because guess what? For many of you, next year will be your best year ever. A lot of reasons to believe that's true. That, okay, so if you believe that's true, the actions you're taking now are completely different than if you believe tomorrow is going to be or next year is going to be worse. If you're believing all the negative headlines, if you're believing that, you know, doom and gloom is here to stay and all the rest of it. And that means that today you're not doing anything that's going to make uh, that reality anything other than you know, your reality. In other words, if you believe tomorrow is going to be worse than today, the actions you're taking today will lock in the fact that your tomorrow is going to be worse than today. So for example, if you don't believe that, you know, you're going to, next year's going to be your best year ever, and it's a slippery slope to oblivion, and you know, all these bad things are happening, you're reading all these headlines. What are you not doing today? I know what you're not doing today. You're not learning your scripts. You're not getting your systems together. You're not working on the things that are necessary for you to generate more listings and get your uh, li- your listing presentation, your buyer presentation, all the things. You're not doing those things. So I want you to realize something. At our core, and every one of us is a desire to be lazy. At our core, and every one of us is a desire to be uh, somewhat complacent. We don't want to have to actually do things all the time. Especially, you know, when we've had, you know, a lot of us have had long years and fantastic years, but still, it's been a lot of work, hasn't it? It's more work than it was two or three years ago. For sure. Okay. So you're going to have to learn how to sift and sort or what Julie and I uh, will, you know, we, you guys are all knowing this because you've listened to our podcast every day. You have to start living media-free lives. You're going to have to start purging like you've never purged before or hand select however, whatever. Curate. Curate. Exactly. That's even nicer. The people you have in your life, the things you read, the people you're around, the, you know, news sources you, you know, news air quotes that you listen to, all of that. And what you will find is that you're going to start allowing very few inputs to enter in your mind. And that's exactly where you need to be. Because here's the simple fact. Here's the overarching fact. The greatest fortunes of man are always made during the greatest times of change. The greatest, uh, I would call it, um, you know, huge steps forward for humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. Now, is the real estate stuff a great step forward for humanity? I would say no. But is it going to be a great stuff step forward for the real estate industry, for you individually? That's your choice. So I would strongly, strongly suggest that you focus on the fact that your highest and truest purpose on this planet as a real estate professional is to be of service to other people. Make it so that more people want to choose you by improving your skill set and by getting, frankly, your mindset right and get out of the muck and the quagmire of all this drama. Yes, and thank you sincerely for the clarity that you just brought to them. And I hope that all of you, dear listeners, mark the date that you just listened to Tim's clarity and leadership on this issue so that if you get, you know, maybe you have a misstep and you read a few headlines that make you feel like you're freaking out, go back and listen to that opening monologue from today's podcast 
because this is a message going forward. You know, the headlines aren't going to go away. It's probably going to get more dramatic, to your point. But it's what you do about it. And so thank you for that clarity, because I think you're right that there hasn't been a lot. It's just been, you know, wall-to-wall drama without the what-to-do-about-it part, which is where we come in. Well, as Brad Inman said, I'm the best ranter in in the real estate industry. (laughs) You bring good rant. But so here's the thing. If you are somebody that wants to talk with me about this, if you're mainly if you're a broker, if you're a real estate team, medium-sized, large-sized brokers, I get the fact, and Julie and I have had, I don't even know how many calls with, you know, longtime coaching clients that are small and medium-sized brokers and a couple large ones. We were on a call the other day with, you know, EXP Realty. And a lot of people are uh, really, I think, not, they're sort of all um, optimizing for worst case scenario. And worst case scenario hardly ever happens. Like it's so rare that worst case scenario actually happens. But even if you do optimize or if you do prepare, you know, the Boy Scout pledge, which Julie and I, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best, right? So if you want to prepare for the worst and hope for the best and you don't know what you should be doing, let's have a call. And I'll, and Julie and I'll walk you through what we think you should be doing to prepare your business. And it's, you know, we had a, um, there's a, I don't even want to talk about it because some of these calls, most of these calls were confidential. But the moral of the story is, is if you want to have um, someone to kind of walk you through what is most likely to happen next, but more specifically, the action steps you need to be taking to prepare your brokerage, Julie and I are here for you, and I'll make it even easier on you. Text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, and we'll grab a call. All right, Julie, let's get to point number 11. Yes, under the guise of things to do to turn your mindset around and keep you on track. Well, the this gist, is part two. But the gist of this was basically getting back into the topic from yesterday is essentially this is about... Um, Showing gratitude. These are 22 points of specifically how you can show gratitude, take action. And this is for you as well as the people you're showing gratitude to. So uh, yesterday was part one. That was points one through 10. This is point number 11. Be gracious when you're challenged by a situation or a person. Show respect and manners, even if you're in serious disagreement. Take the high road. You don't always have to argue as if you're in a death match. The other person may have something valuable to offer in spite of being in contention with you, but you set the tone. Remember that the Stoic Marcus Aurelius famously stated, you don't have to have an opinion on that. Don't be opinionated on every last thing. It's exhausting to you and you can alienate others. One of the things that um, you can do to get out of uncomfortable situations, if you're stuck or if you've walked into some sort of political or some sort of, you know, contention. contention thing, is just give yourself an out. Just simply say, well, I mean, frankly, I was in a situation like that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I acted like I was getting a silent phone, you know, a phone call uh, mm-hmm. and then I just walked away. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to participate in any sort of political, you know, no way. I'm not doing but it. But that's what this point is about, to realize that you don't have to participate in that. Or say something like, um, you know what, that's an interesting point. I'll have to think about it. And then you've given yeah. them a compliment and then you've given yourself an excuse not to say anything. But don't let them trigger you. People often say things nowadays without ever having, you know, people are stuck in sort of their information bubbles. So they're not really going to know the other side of something. So if you don't on, uh, instantly agree with them, they're going to take mm-hmm. offense to it. They're going to be emotionally triggered without even really knowing they're triggered. They're just going to start acting and feeling a little bit hostile. Remember, there's no benefit in you participating in any of that. Because if you make an enemy because you've made your point, and in other words, you've had some uh, argument about with somebody, and let's say you are victorious, what do you win? You win yeah. nothing. So what? Right? You, you win an enemy. They'll, that person's going to hate you forever. It's and, better to just opt out. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, point number 12. This is an interesting one. Become good or get better at accepting compliments. You can say, you're so kind. Thank you for your lovely words or how thoughtful of you to notice that. Have some scripts so that you improve your acceptance of compliments and aren't weird about it. Awkwardness is often mistaken for ingratitude. That's an interesting point, I think. I'm going to add something in here too. Sure. I, I said this a little bit yesterday. Oh no, you got it on point 16. I'll okay. hold out. Upcoming. All right. Point number 13. When somebody gives you something, always show it off. Even if it's not your style or vibe, show it off. If they gave you a book, put it on your desk or in the shelves behind you where you shoot your social media videos or your Zoom calls. Put the flowers on your desk or wear that scarf when you meet for coffee. Show your appreciation. Don't act like the kid in the Christmas story when his aunt gives him the bunny suit. Matter of fact, that just reminded me, the gal that sent us a picture yesterday on our private Facebook page of her wearing a Harris Rules hat and holding a sign, you don't need to remember her name. I took a picture on your screenshot, your mm-hmm. phone. Make sure you send me that picture so we can show gratitude towards her. You got it. On you Instagram. Yeah. All right, point so n- thank you for that. Yeah. So point number 14. Point number 14, let people know when you're thinking of them. Whenever you can share your experiences with friends, past clients, or sphere of influence folks, let them know. Try to make them laugh. I thought of you when I was at the dentist today. I was remembering the time you told me about your funny experience. Actually communicate. Stay connected with people by letting them know you're thinking of them. And you can actually say that. Start out your conversations. I mean, we had a run-in yesterday. I remember. On the uh, golf cart, right? And, you know, he was so... uh, The first thing I said to him was, you know, I was just thinking of you. Mm -hmm. I say that frequently, frankly. Yes. You are good at that. People are like, oh, you're just thinking of me. But, you know, the funny thing is, in that particular case, I was literally just thinking of him. So that was weird. But, yes. So have ways of making it so that you can instantly connect with people and move past that awkwardness or say things like you can give a compliment start by giving a compliment you know i was meaning to tell you that i saw you or you know i saw you listed that house or you you did a great job on that video you created and i was really impressed by that give people compliments and make it all about them that's the you know these communication things when it all comes to if you want to feel gratitude if you want to feel appreciation if you want recognition and we talked about this on yesterday's show the way to get what you want is by giving it away which is weird if you want love give love away Mm -hmm. if you want affection give affection away you know if you're in a relationship with someone and you're not feeling like you're getting enough affection you show it first stop being a you know spoiled four-year-old and waiting for everything to be done (laughs) for you go and show the affection first and you'll get it back that's the weird thing when you give something that you want away you will get it back and that's what this i think all these points are about. about that's right Very uh, good points about being proactive is really what all of this gets down to, right? So point number 15, pay it forward. When you see somebody behind you in line counting their dollar bills, give the cashier five or $10 towards their bill. If you know someone who's struggling, drop off a $20 gas card or a grocery gift card. A little bit can go a long way. And if you're checking out somewhere and have 30 items in your cart, but the little old lady behind you is buying a gallon of milk, let her go in front of you. I, I love doing that at the grocery store, especially when there's older people that are, you know, they're, they're putting on their frustration face, like they're going to have to wait for you for the next half hour. Just let them go in front of you. Well, the last thing too, we've done that where we'll be in a line and there'll be someone behind us that is, you know, I mean, you could tell they're shuffling through their wallets and counting up all their coupons. And you've all had situations like that before. Um, you know, we have had, we've done it anonymously, but one time we got caught doing it by mm-hmm. the person that was behind us mm-hmm. and they were a little bit insulted and when you, you know, we had to kind of clear it up. But when you're have, when you have the ability to help somebody out anonymously and w- what you basically do is you give the cashier, leave a hundred dollars there and say it's for the person behind you kind of thing to pay for their grocery bill. And then you walk out, you don't yep. sit around and wait for you know them to say anything to you. You just walk out. 
that I, I mean, that's not a direct show of gratitude towards you, but it is something that somehow the universe balances out for all of us. Goodwill does come back in many different ways. Point number 16, when you say you're sorry, be sincere and specific. Even when you don't feel you're entirely wrong, remember you don't always have to be right. A proper apology acknowledges that someone feels hurt, recognizes why that was from their perspective, and contains a commitment to make it right. Now, I'm thinking about 101 places in a real estate transaction that that might apply. You know, the little things that happen, you don't have to be absolutely right. Just, you know, make sure you're apologizing sincerely. So this is what I learned from Ray Robinson. Mm -hmm. And um, Ray was someone who was a real estate developer. He actually built churches. And I was talking to he was he was also a pastor, too. So I was talking to him once about just different things, mostly about real estate. And he was telling me about a... Um, I think an awkward situation he had gotten himself into and he kind of walked me through basically what happened. (laughs) And one of the things he said is that he went up to this other person who um, actually affronted Ray. In other words, Ray didn't really, from the way he was telling his story, didn't really do anything wrong. It was this uh, other person that did. But what Ray did is he went up to the other person who, you know, was terse with him and said, listen, if I've said or done anything to offend you, I apologize. And by just falling on a sword like that, by simply saying that, it instantly changed the relationship and changed and removed all the ego got sucked out of the conversation. It was just mm-hmm. eviscerated. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're facing down a really awkward situation where it just is weird, even if you think you are right and the other person is wrong, like if you're feeling that adamant and your stance is that strong. Well, especially if you're feeling that way. Exactly, because you're not operating in your higher self. You're operating out of ego when you have that stance. So go to the other person, and we all do it from time to time, but mm-hmm. it's how it's you know really the measure of who you are and what your character is is if you allow that to manifest and become really who you are. When you become the person that is essentially always you know self-righteous and indignant about their opinions, that's going to get you nowhere in life, especially if you're in a business and industry where your whole mission is to be of service to other people. So simply go up to people when you, you know, someone, when you think you've essentially crossed swords with them and say, so, so listen, I want to apologize if I've done or said anything to offend you. It wasn't my intent. And then just say nothing. And you will be surprised how frequently that person becomes a really powerful friend for you. Excellent advice. And I appreciate that story. I'd forgotten that story about, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, thank you, Pastor Ray, for you know, bringing that to our podcast today. Yeah. Okay, point number 17, tip really well for good service. Write a little note on the receipt. Thanks for taking such good care of us. And leave your business card when you tip. That's an easy thing to do. And it doesn't even have to be a ton more, but you know, enough that somebody would notice. Well, I, you know, I, we both have coaching clients that have gotten business from that. Absolutely. If, yeah. You Again, you just leave a nice tip. It doesn't have to be anything that's outside. It could just be 20%. The part that Julie said was the note part. That's what matters. So on the back of your business card, just write something really nice. You're going to make somebody's day. You think they're ever throwing out your business card with a <laughs> no. nice compliment you gave them? Hell no. And if they come across anyone that has to buy or sell real estate, of course they're going to lean into you. You know, that I'm having this memory from when we went out to uh, Car Week in the summer. I was checking out at this little store. It was like a stationery store. And I heard these were like 20-something retail girls, you know, working in the store. And they were talking to each other about their individual experiences at Car Week. And they were sharing story after story. I I never told you this, I don't think. Story after story. uh, One of them was visiting her friend that was working in the store. That girl was a waitress at one of the restaurants nearby. They were sharing all these stories about tips that they had gotten from all the car people that were visiting for that week. And they had things like um, 
one of the girls had complimented a guy was wearing a sweatshirt. She really liked the logo on the sweatshirt. And the next day he showed up and gave her a sweatshirt for her. Another, you know, lots of stories about being tipped more or little things that they did just through conversations. People really, really remember that. And they were like beside themselves talking about this. You know, this type of behavior, I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying this, but it's been my personal experience. Mm -hmm. This type of behavior is uniquely American. I think so. When we've traveled, it there's not um, like if you go to Italy, there's not really a tipping culture. It no. doesn't. It doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we, we had we had a gal that just went way above board and, and picked us up at the airport and then drove us to uh, where was it Lake uh, Como? Yeah. And uh, we were in that car forever. Forever. And the and the people, <laughs> the, the Italians drive crazy. Yes. Anyway, she did a great job, and it was like in the middle of the night. It was a worst case scenario. Yep. And, and then when we got there. Um, she and you know we our Italian is like non-existent and her English was non-existent but so we get to lit this house in Lake Como it's pitch dark in the middle of the night and she's got to drive all the way back to Rome uh, that's where she lives and so you know we wanted to give her a really nice tip she didn't know what the hell to do with it no so she was panicking why are they giving me money why are they giving out. me money and Julie's looking up on her translator tipo tipito <laughs> you know and then she finally has to yeah. call her boss wakes him up in the middle of the night. And explains these people are trying to get you whatever she said in Italian. And then he come, he speaks English. And he st- he asks me what's going on. He said you have already paid so that the money. I said no, we're trying to give her a tip. And then he got then he said something to her in Italian. She took the money, but she wouldn't even make no. eye contact after we gave her the con- after we gave Break her the tip. Out. It was so unusual. My the moral of the story is a don't tip in Italy. B <laughs> <laughs> be very careful if you do. C, make it so that you have a better translator than Julie. But somewhere in yeah, there is the exactly. greater point. Right. Is this cu- the culture of not just tipping, um, but the culture of showing gratitude? That is something that's ingrained with a lot of the society, a lot of, uh, it's normal behavior in a lot, part, a lot of parts of the country. Of yes, the United and that's States. something for us to be grateful for. For sure. So for each other. All right. Number 18, learn and use people's names. Learn what people prefer to be called by. Like here in Puerto Rico, everybody has a nickname, right? Yep. Um, How to correctly pronounce their name. And if they use a nickname or a shortened name, ask if you're not sure. Learn the names of your UPS driver, your mail carrier, your pharmacist, the manager of your bank, the manager of your grocery store, and the name of the school nurse. Everyone desires more repeat and referral business, but you have to give before you receive. And one of the easiest ways to expand your sphere is to expand who you know and actually interact with them frequently. In order to connect the dots and remember everyone, add them to your smartphone and your contacts with notes about how you know them and specific things that you want to remember. Like Susie Smith, Sarah's mom, met her at school. She works at ABC Bank and her husband's an executive at Telecom Inc., for example. I've started to do this a lot with my contacts in my smartphone, just like, you know, so that if some, if I only remember your first name, I know that you're in my contacts and I can look that up and have a deeper connection. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's basically, a, you know, it's... Uh, CRM 101. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number 19, say yes more than you say no. If you're always saying no or seeming too busy all the time, people will eventually stop asking you to participate. And this is not good for you personally or for your business. So pay special attention to events and clubs that your past clients and uh, sphere of influence contacts participate in or that they run and support them whenever possible. Try to connect the dots amongst your past clients and center of influence. Speaking of CRMs, um, there's a lot of CRMs that will directly plug into 
people's social feeds. Mm-hmm. And so that's another great way to really stay on top of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And if you really want to seem like you're almost operating with some sort of, uh, you know, Elon Musk brain tra- uh, implant where you're, you know, remembering and knowing things about somebody that is just otherworldly, <laughs> that's the way to do it. So you can pull up your phone and then you put in someone's name and it's going to tell you, it's going to show you what their last Instagram thing was and whatever. And you can just cool. say, I saw your post and I, you know, congratulations to Susie for getting straight A's or whatever it was. Um, you know, those types of things make a huge difference because you're kind of give, showing gratitude in multiple ways. You're saying something nice to them. You're letting them know that you follow them on social and that you appreciate, you know, you guys get it. It's just sort of like a layer cake of love. There's people that do that to us that follow our podcast or Instagram and stuff. And it always initially freaks me out a little bit. It's our age. <laughs> you know, it is. But I think it's cool. So no, we, right. we've yeah. had, we had people <laughs> in 2021 where you and I, with Zoe, we drove to what, 24 different states. Yeah. Yeah, and we took the you know big part of the summer off. U.S. We did, tour did the Harris U.S. tour, yeah, and we got back, and I was you know here to Puerto Rico, and I was shocked by the number of people that had followed us, me too, or were asking us mm-hmm. questions, you know, asking for updates, but they didn't message us once when we were on the road, but they were all following us on Instagram. I thought that yes. was funny. That was awesome. All right, number twenty, give your duplicate things to people who need them more than you do. No one needs five spatulas, ten scarves, or six flower vases. Share your abundance with those less fortunate. There are many charities who will come to your home or office and pick up your donations. Better yet, host a clothing drive, a toy drive, or a food drive at your home or office and post that on your social media. Get a press release and do some good things for your community. All right, number two, we're rounding the bend here with our final two points. Number 21, help a neighbor out. Shovel, blow leaves, or cut the grass of your neighbor when you do your own, or rake the sand if you live in the desert. I saw a great new listing from uh, Jeannie in Phoenix, <laughs> and I always, you know, I know that most of we would call lawns in Phoenix are sand, but I'm always taken aback by the cactus and the, the raked sand. So, you know, if that's the case, rake the sand in the desert. Get to know your elderly or disabled neighbors and assist them whenever you can. Even bringing in groceries from their car can completely make their day much easier. Now, be clear, we're not saying these things are going to lead directly to a uh, referral. What we're saying is these are the types of things that make you feel better because you're showing, you're giving to somebody else and you're showing gratitude towards somebody else. And just by the very act of doing that, you make yourself feel better. There's some sort of endorphin release that happens in our brains when we are actually being of service to other people. And if you really want to move past a lot of the, you know, the carnage and malaise that's out there right now, as far as the news headlines, the best way to do it is get in alignment with Julie's previous 21 points. And here's point number 22. And this is my favorite one by far. Yes. Be a secret Santa or a secret philanthropist. You can go to any Target or Walmart and ask for the manager to help you select a few families who have low dollar layaway items. Pay them off anonymously. Lots of people have toys set away for kids' birthdays or Christmases where they're paying paying just a few dollars towards maybe a $50 layaway. You can make a huge impact easily and inexpensively. Scientific research shows that people who habitually engage in exercises of gratitude, like the 22 we just suggested, show increased satisfaction with their relationships as well as greater physical and mental health. And we haven't done a uh, scientific study on real estate professionals practicing gratitude regularly, but we're willing to bet that those 3 a.m. real estate night sweats will stop happening when you practice gratitude regularly. You'll be more optimistic, more enthusiastic, more confident, and more profitable. We have no doubt about that. So choose which one of these acts or several of these acts of gratitude and kindness you'll integrate into your life, make it a habit, and start enjoying ever-increasing levels of happiness. Share your stories. Set an example. Send us videos. Send us pictures. 
you'll be glad that you did this. You'll feel better yourself. You'll be contributing and giving back. And you're certainly going to be setting a great example. I said this at the start of yesterday's podcast. I'm going to say it again today. How do you feel right now, listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Just listening about gratitude and thinking about yourself being in a state of gratitude, showing gratitude towards other people. Did you notice how it makes you feel better? So I don't understand why that's true, but it does. Just presenting these points to you uh, and yesterday and today it makes me feel fantastic. I love talking about these things. It's our favorite topic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slightly, Julie's point number 22, um, one of the things we're doing this year, and you guys should all consider doing this as well, because even if you're not having your best year ever in real estate, though I honestly think that most of our coaching Many clients are. are, that's incredible actually. Some of them are up by 20, 30, 40% over their previous years. So go all of you and keep doing what you're doing. But for some of you, you know, that are maybe a little bit uh, feeling stressed, again, go back and listen to what I said about a half hour ago, but still do make some kind of overt shows of gratitude towards people that need a leg up. And if it's around the holidays and you have a local, like what we're going to do for holidays is uh, there's a local orphanage. There's several local orphanages and we, we, the easy button is just to give money. I personally don't like that because you honestly don't know what's going to happen with the money, obviously. So what we're going to do, and Julie's already working on it, is we're going to go and find out what presents those orphanages need for those kids. And then we're going to go out, probably working with some of the neighbors, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go out and buy presents and probably have them wrapped and, you know, the whole thing. That is what we're going to do. That is something that all of you guys can do. Even if it's just on a micro scale, you can sponsor a family. Um, you know, have a try, do have as much of a direct connection to the people that you're helping, but you at the same time you don't have to be the one that's actually giving the gift physically. Just knowing that you did it is enough. But don't be somebody like a lot of people. It's become I think it's honestly a virtue signal. A lot of people will mm-hmm. donate to charity. But they'll do it in such a big, flashy way. They want the recognition. For they it. want the recognition, and I that doesn't. I don't understand honestly why that grates me. It always has. But if you're going to be donating money now, I do think at some level, if you're building a new wing for the local hospital or whatever, well, sure. put your name on the damn thing. Or if yeah. you're building a library, kind of depends what it is. Yeah, it kind of depends what it is. But remember that anytime you give to somebody, even if you give someone a piece of advice you're putting them in a position of being inferior to you. So I told you guys when we were in the line in the grocery store once and we were trying to prepay this lady's behind us grocery bills and she clearly didn't have the money to pay for all the groceries. And if I remember correctly, she had one little girl that looked like she needed a shower yeah. or a bath, you right. know? Do you remember this? I do. Yeah, and then and we got we did exactly what I said. We put $100 down. We secretly told the, the gal at the cash register that this is for her. Don't say anything. She understood, actually. That, Probably I mean, it happened before. Yeah, she understood. So we didn't have to give her a big lengthy explanation. But then when that gal uh, got to the thing and the gal at the cash register said, they paid for your groceries, she was offended by it. Now, why was she offended by it? Her pride kicked over. Mm-hmm. She clearly needed more groceries and needed help financially. But she was offended that that it basically it, she felt attacked or just who knows what her emotional state was. What she should have been is gra- in gratitude because now she could buy some more groceries for her daughter. You know, yes. you guys get it? So just be very considerate of the fact that a lot of people are embarrassed right. about their financial straits. And you're, you shouldn't be there to wait around for a pat on the back when you help somebody out. That's probably at the core. Well, I know where it, it's at the core for me is because I grew up very poor mm-hmm. and we had a lot of people that would give us handouts. Sure. 
And I remember the times when um, the one I can remember a couple Christmases where my parents didn't have uh, money to buy us Christmas presents. Mm -hmm. And some of the neighbors would give us Christmas presents. Or we had um, one case. It was a a business guy that my dad knew. Mm -hmm. He bought us groceries. And I remember how my parents reacted to the handout. They weren't gracious. They were resentful. I, that's probably where my that's mis- probably what it I just, is. I just, I just, had- you've just uncovered that. You just peeled that onion. <laughs> I did. That is where it came from. So yeah. I just had a little bit of a cathartic moment on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe time to wrap. Oh yeah, it's know. time to wrap. But, but I think your point though is when you're doing these random acts of gratitude, think more about the person that you're helping from their perspective. And I think what you hit on was, and again, depending on what it is, right? If it's one of these little mini acts of of gratitude or charity, maybe not doing it publicly because that's where the embarrassment comes in. Because, you know, maybe there's a lot of people out there that are living on the edge, but nobody really knows that. And when you do that publicly, you kind of shine that light on it. And if their initial reaction is embarrassment, then that's when you get that weird vibe, right? Now, your example of paying for a hospital wing, totally different, right? than paying somebody's grocery bill or, you know, helping them out in another way. So I think keeping it all about the other person is your North Star. And I appreciate you sharing that story because I think all of our listeners probably can uh, relate to various stories they've had in their lives as well. So, you know, I hope that you guys take these points well and do something with them. We're grateful for all of you. We're grateful for you keeping this number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the United States. Now, how about this for an overt ask? I'm now asking all of you guys to then to go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and show gratitude while you like this podcast. It makes a huge difference. And be specific. And be specific, yes. And also the um, notes for today's show, as well, uh, you know, as well as every show, are included in the show description. So we're not just giving you the podcast. We're giving you the notes. The notes are not for republication. They're not for somebody else to go and sell. We've had people doing that and don't do it. You can use our notes, but if you monetize uh, Julie and I's copyright and contact, that's a bit content. That's a big no-no. So don't do that. But if you want to follow along on the podcast, use our notes for um, educating your own agents or your own team. It, you know, maybe some of you um, are going to use it for who knows what. You're going to write a blog post. That's fine. Go for it. We would certainly appreciate the fact that you reference the information being from us. And my offer is open for all of you with brokerages and teams, and you're looking for direction on what you should be doing right now in light of all the new realities that are quickly settling into the real estate industry. We're here for you, and we've made it very simple. Talk, text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>